0: Behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports
1: soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Minnesota sports fans, welcome back to another episode. Episode 41 now, I believe, of the Taxi Squad. (laughs) The voice you hear is Artist Woods, and I'm joined by the normal castmates. We have A.J. Fredrickson, and we have Jason Stormer. Guys, how you feeling today? Feeling pretty good.
2: Feeling very uh, excited to talk about sports because we're in the thick of playoff season. Um, it's frankly not very often in my own sports fandom where I've had the Wolves and the Wild be in the playoffs at the same time, and things are... Somewhat turnaround around for the Wolves. It's not like what it was like maybe like five to ten years ago, but still exciting to have both of them going on. Even if maybe the success of both teams is a little bit varied right
0: now, but I'm pretty pumped to talk about it today. How about you, Age? I am. I'm riding that that playoff hockey high. <laughs> there was. There's nothing better in my opinion. It's uh. It's pure adrenaline. It's just pure entertainment. And we got two extra periods essentially a free playoff yes. hockey last night. So, oh. um, I was thinking that it was going to go one way. The Wild surprised me and got the win. So, uh, we'll talk about that here at some point on the show. But I, I know it's like you mentioned, it's, uh, it's Wolves playoffs, it's Wild playoffs. It, it this, this right now is the best part of the season, mm-hmm. like sports wise. Just you have NBA playoffs, you have NHL playoffs, baseball's in full swing, the NFL draft is coming up. Um, I, this is a very niche one, I think, because not as many people enjoy it. But the K- Kentucky Derby is right around the oh. corner. I'm a big horse racing guy. I Let love me wear that. My nice white gown. Yes. No, I mean it's it's the it's the best. And what is it? The Masters just happened, so mm, it's yes, it, it, it's the best sports period, in my opinion, other than like maybe the like six months from now when MLB mm-hmm. is wrapping up, NFL, everything's essentially starting, other than MLB. So. It, it's the best time of the year right now. Um, and we've got teams to talk about, which is fantastic because it could be the opposite.
2: So, totally, yeah. totally. Seasons have ended much earlier than we this. could
0: be scraping the bottom of the barrel on oh. like Vikings rumors in the offseason. Actually, which I mean, we have some things to talk
2: about
1: with the Vikings later on today, we actually, do. when there's actually some Vikings content to get to for sure. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a ton, a ton to get into from mm-hmm. the Vikings to the Wild to the Wolves, but. We're going to start today off with the Wild. Do something Ooh. a little different. Do something a Let's little different it. today. Because the Wild found a way to win a double overtime game, playoff game on the roll last night. Kept everybody up late to see <laughs> that victory. <laughs> I'm going to pitch it off to you guys. I know you guys are the hockey experts. So I'm going to pitch it off to you guys. What did you guys' takeaways from game one of the playoffs for the Minnesota Wild? It's uh, It, it was a very encouraging start.
0: And I think that was my biggest question. Like all day was like, how are they going to start? Cause the first like five to 10 minutes, I think was going to set the tempo for the entire series. Cause there's times where I, where I've watched the wild matchup up within. I trust me, I've seen it enough over the past, like eight years, they, they've made it like six or seven years now out of the last eight. And you know, they've only gotten past the first round once out of those times. So you can get that sense almost right from the get go of, okay, this is going to be another. They're going to need to get a, a lot of bounces their way. They're going to have to be lucky. But the refreshing thing about last night, and this, uh, there's a lot to talk about <laughs> given just the course of events, but I think every year that I just mentioned, we get into the first round, and the wild are the like early 2000s stereotypical nerd that you know they got the glasses and they got the the pocket protector <laughs> they've got the button up shirt they've got the suspenders on and they're walking through high school and every team that they seem to match up with is this like the line the star d1 uh football player in high school shoving the books down throwing them into the lockers they just get bullied they just get bullied it seems like every single year but that was that's not the case that we saw last night it was so refreshing because they are they they come off as the bigger more aggressive, physical, gritty, blue-collar team. What what a, what a time. We're going to be in for just, I mean, it's going to be a bloodbath of a series after last night. Mm-hmm. But um, very refreshing to have the Wild, like, have the shoe on the other foot because they actually started really well. The first, I would say, period or two, I think they were in control for the most of it. And then it was like, okay, we've had a, a little back and forth. Um, we get to overtime and Philip Gustafson, what a performance. Hmm. He was rock solid. He was the, I think the sole reason why they extended, um, as far as they did into the night, he made a lot of great saves. He was very concise and, uh, very like confident with his, with his saves. There wasn't a lot of times where I think I was like on the edge of my seat thinking he looked shaky, um, no. They get a lucky bounce, and that's what hockey is. You need some of those bounces. Ryan Hartman gets one right out front on a silver platter. Yeah. He scores. They they win the game after what felt like a period and a half of of overtime that they were just not in control, but they somehow walk out of there with a win. Um, Jason, we'll we'll talk about some of the controversial things. Yeah, for sure. But what were what were your initial thoughts and just like main takeaways from that night?
2: Uh, let's see, puck, uh, it ended at around, like, what, 1 a.m.? I think so. it, was, it was just when after game ended. 1 I believe. Yeah. That's when the game finally ended. Mm-hmm. Um, no problem for me. I work the night shift. You know, I don't get out of here you know until, like, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. anyway. So, I was like, okay, you know what? I was up and at him. I watched uh, Judd's hockey show afterwards. Declan and Judd obviously did a great breakdown after the game. Uh, had some fans on as well. And they'll be doing that after pretty much every playoff game for the Wild going forward. So, please check that out. It was yeah like you said aj you're all in playoff hockey mode right and because i've been fairly distracted with you know my baseball team being in first place that's really fun with the twins obviously everything going on with the timberwolves them being in the playoffs and obviously all the controversies that they've had as i was you know watching this game watching the first period with with you a little bit too i was kind of just like thinking to myself you know yeah I'm, i'm watching playoff hockey here but i'm really just not like into it yet I haven't really it just doesn't feel like I'm getting the full immersive experience and I think that's like I said because I was just I've been distracted lately by other things but just as the game got going on um obviously like the tension just kept building and building and honestly I mean I just I don't understand how Dallas did not score sometime in that third period and or also in that first overtime They just had so many good chances and it seemed like the wild were just having a really hard time generating any offensive opportunities of their own. I just thought it was inevitable. But when Philip Gustafson made that save off of his stick, uh, I I can't remember if that was in the first or second overtime, but that's when I knew I'm like, okay, all right. Even if I'm not a future predictor, I don't have my magic eight ball in front of me or anything like that this is just going the wilds way and it just gave me a confidence that somehow they were going to get it done and they like you said got that lucky bounce and were able to cash home it is definitely one of the most thrilling wild playoff games of my life it just had everything I needed to like you said just totally just dive into playoff hockey just totally just like feel all those emotions just feel all that angst like I used to back in high school and everything this is fun this is exciting this doesn't feel at all like last year with the blue series that team just had like just there was there was issues there there were just um there was honestly we uh, accused them of just being kind of lifeless at times throughout that series and they lost that series but this in one game and you know what i think we even be saying this even if they lost too i mean even after one game this team definitely feels so much different than a year ago and it's it's giving me obviously like you know AJ's talked about having a tingle for this team. I mean my tingle is through the roof right now. <laughs> I'm perfectly honest with you. I mean I don't know obviously like where this series will go. I think it. I mean we can probably start getting into the controversial stuff. I think the series will go seven games. It's gonna be a hashtag. Uh, grit first kind of series for sure but um yeah there may be some definite things to follow in terms of just like players to really specifically watch moving forward in the next couple games because like i just said there was a few controversy uh, controversies with this game particularly with some hits that were made uh, matt Dumbas hit to joe pavelski obviously a pretty controversial one joe pavelski wasn't able to return i don't believe he's even set to be able to return for game two as well and then we also had Ryan Suter taking a couple of checks at Kirill Kaprizov at times as well. And so, you know, it, it's, I mean, we, we, what do you think, AJ? I mean, well, first of all, I mean, do you think the Matt Dumba call, I mean, I don't want to necessarily say if it was the right call or the the wrong call or anything like that, but to me, while we were watching it live, it did seem kind of bang, bang. And I think like the, the toughest part was that like Pavelski fell on his head and obviously we just hope that he's okay more than otherwise but like i mean what was your overall take to that situation
0: um i i'm gonna try to be as like yeah non i think it was a clean hit okay it was not dirty um and i understand the reaction by a lot of especially the dallas fan base because you don't want to see a seasoned veteran like joe pavelski He's a San Jose Sharks legend. He's established himself over the past couple of seasons um, in the Dallas locker room as a as a certified leader. He's a guy that a lot of the younger guys in that locker room look to, um, and he's you know he's he's a leader. He, he's a guy that's that's going to help kind of keep a level, cool head for them during this playoff run. But th- if he would have gone down and hopped back up right away, if like if he doesn't hit his head, there's no conversation about that hit whatsoever. Hmm. It was solely the, the fact of. His his i I believe it was his own stick hit him in the face as well, hmm. but then he fell awkwardly, and his head hits the ice and the the main reason why that happened, and I don't want to say like it was his fault, but he lets go of a pass and then just kind of like didn't anticipate the contact this is this is the NHL playoffs. Joe, this is not your first rodeo. You know how this is. everything, especially with how the night has been had been going so far. It's been a very physical game that both of these teams are going to play. Like, that's the brand of hockey. Matt Dumba is going to throw that hit. And for everybody that's saying it's late, mm-hmm. you have to get out of the slow mo. Obviously, in slow mo, it looks late. In real time, that is, if that's a late hit, every time that anybody uh, like dumps one in and then the defenseman goes and rings it around the boards and then he gets hit like as soon as he lets it, that's also a late hit that that's not a late hit. The league came out today, they looked into it, it's reviewed. They said it was um not with like it 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 was close to being a late hit, but they ruled it wasn't. It was reviewed during the game for being a, a major penalty. He was giving a 2-minute roughing call, which I don't I don't know if it was for the hit or if it was for the scrum that ensued afterwards. Mm-hmm. But um I it was not it was not a dirty hit. It's terrible mm-hmm. that Joe Pavelski got hurt from that. Because you never want to see a player get hurt. These guys, at the end of the day, are playing a game for our entertainment. Obviously, they have um, a certain goal for achievements and everything like that. But, like, for me, it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to see anybody get hurt. Yeah. But that is not that is not a dirty play in my book. Um, and, the, and, it, and like,
2: obviously, then Max Domi intervened as well and made yeah. the whole situation worse. Well, um, he, he comes
0: in and he gets it, – it, I'm – I th- I thought he should have been out of the game because that's yeah. the like the instigation. But mm-hmm. I I think technically because it wasn't a fight since he was the only one th- throwing punches, it's 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 just roughing for him. Um, and I saw a lot of people saying like to flip it on on Minnesota fans saying like that's a clean hit and everything. Well, What if it was Capriza? Just like I just like I said, he needs to be ready for that type of contact. There, yeah. this is the playoffs. People like. Think about in the NFL, a linebacker is going to hit that much harder, you know, it's 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 just it. Everything ramps up because everything is on the line. You have so many games to make. This is not game 13 of the season where you can kind of ease in and blah, blah, blah. They are going out there and everything is being left out on the ice. He he needs to have a Joe Pavelski is a fantastic skater. He's a very talented player. He needs to be ready for that contact there. You can't just assume oh, I let the puck go, blah blah blah. That he's not gonna. He was he was sizing you up. Mm-hmm. It 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 it's it is terrible, and I do hope that he you know, I I I hope to see him back in. Yeah. And that he shakes it off. From what I understand, um, he's uncertain. He the the last report was that the coach hadn't talked to uh, him this morning, but I haven't seen any developments since then. We still obviously have another. Uh, we have tonight until. Or mm-hmm. not tonight well we have tonight and then into tomorrow before the next game so we uh can obviously see a little development there but no it's uh, i I don't think that was necessarily a dirty hit and in, in any case um mm-hmm. I mean it, yeah. it, it's just hockey that's just that's just playoff hockey if you don't like that, frankly, I'm not sure hockey's the sport because <laughs> that's that's what's <laughs> gonna happen every single night for the next month yeah. in every single game across the league that, yeah that's just what's gonna happen
2: no and there were I mean not to say like Dallas got their revenge by any means necessary, but like for the rest of the night, they were hard on Dumba for the rest of the night. The fans were booing Matt Dumba absolutely relentlessly and um, I, get, I I get that and I get I totally get that and I that's get that I totally get that. Um, and then obviously we we saw some things with Ryan Suter, too. I mean, obviously, he is a former wild player. I mean, he's probably arguably one of the best defensemen in league and or not in league history in team history. Uh, he is. Um, yeah, he is. I mean, he's definitely he might even be a Mount Rushmore type of player for the Minnesota Wild, but he's moved on to Dallas in the, over the last couple seasons. Um, but he definitely rubbed people the wrong way with some of his, uh, his, um, just his checks on Kirill Kaprizov specifically. Like it was appearing that he was getting a stick in there on after the play and stuff like that. I mean, there's video of it on Twitter and this is kind of what I want to kind of transition my conversation into, because I think he kind of just became this here in town overnight. Um, and frankly, I wasn't really thinking about him too much before this series. I knew we were playing Dallas. I knew he was on the team, but I was just like, oh, yeah, it suits, whatever. But then after this game, I don't know. I want I want to gauge your guys' opinion on this. Do you guys think that, like, Ryan Suter has just become, well, I think he is now for sure, but, like, public enemy number one here in town? But not only that, like, publicly number public enemy number one and one of the more hated former Minnesota athletes in terms of their relative success here. Because like I just said, Ryan Suter had a pretty dang good career here with the Minnesota Wild. But now that he's with Dallas and now that he's kind of acting like this. And then, I mean, there's been a whole bunch of other reports about how maybe there were some locker room issues with him, too, ever since. I don't know. Like, is like is Ryan Suter, has he now become, in relative to his success here, one of the more now disliked Minnesota athletes like if I were to give some examples, uh, maybe like AJ Piersinski with the twins I remember he got booed relentlessly at twins games all the time um, Unfortunately, maybe Andrew Wiggins not for maybe necessarily a personality standpoint with him, but maybe like a just overall just how he How he was as a basketball player. I don't know. What do you think AJ? What what are just like your thoughts on Ryan Suter after game one right now? really quick
1: really quick? Yeah. I just, yeah. just quickly throw this out there like if you are our team. If you're playing for a team that's in Dallas and you have a star anywhere near your uniform, you're automatically like public enemy number one for me personally. Just want to throw that out there. Just want to, you know, just throw it out there. You know, y'all carry on, carry on. I like okay. it. I like fair, it. Fair, fair,
0: okay. <laughs> Thank you for chiming in with that. That's the Eagles fan coming out again.
2: Dallas uh, Stars, not comfortable. Either way. Anyways, it's, it's, it's Those too are close. on the helmets, not the sweaters. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's too difference. close for comfort. It's too close. It's too close. Uh, <laughs> anyth- anything, anything,
0: <laughs> Texas for for me. To be honest. But um, anyway, no. sorry. My anyway, go on. No, no, no. Um, long I, long I, it's it's like pulling back the curtain. I'm I'm assuming you both have seen The Wizard of Oz, correct? Oh yes, yes, yeah. Not the new one that came no, out like No, I'm talking about the original. I of didn't, course. I didn't know they actually made a new one. To be on. It was but like it,
2: James Franco's in there or something. I am not Well, that's Let's move why. on.
0: Anyways, Um, you know, you have this picture of what it's going to be, and, you know, it's this kind of build up, and you get in there, and they see this giant floating head, and I think that, for me, was what Ryan Suter was in his time at the Wild, because I was, I was a high schooler, I want to say. Like, I was a freshman or a sophomore in, in high school Damn. when Ryan Suter and Zach Parise signed July 4th, 2012. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was going to be the turning point for the Minnesota Wild franchise, and they were going to lead the team to the promised land and all this stuff. So I, I, I think I just had to, had it embedded in my head, like, these two guys are – they're the good guys. They're great. And as we get winding down here, I'm like, last night, you're pulling back the curtain, and you're seeing – from the other side of the glass, God, he's he's kind of cheap. Like it's and it's and I I had I've read reports over the years, and I, I want to say it was like a year or two ago where there was a podcast with former NHLers that you don't see it often where they were like blasting Ryan Souter. You don't normally see guys like verbally talking about like the downsides of active NHL players out of like respect. You usually don't see that. And there's a reason why when he left um nashville to come to minnesota like they they booed him relentlessly for years <laughs> and they might still do honestly if i i haven't watched a dallas stars <laughs> nashville game in a while but hmm. it's it's so weird to just see that and after you kind of like put the pieces together the picture of the puzzle starts to resemble something You're like you know what maybe he wasn't that <laughs> that great of a guy overall Like. He he did used to and he did used to like burn up uh, time on ice all the time. He was a workhorse. He did a great job in that sense, and he did have some highlights with the team and everything. But when you think about it, like there's a reason Bill Guerin chose, and I think it was pretty surprising at the time to buy out Ryan Suter, and because partly probably the leadership and the attitude and the just the locker room chemistry aspect, it didn't fit what they wanted to do here in Minnesota. So he's willing to take that big of a a cap hit for the next however many seasons to get that guy off the roster. Mm-hmm. And now you see it on the other side and you're like, you know what? This Bill Guerin guy, he might, he might know what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Cause mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. No. And, and the the cross checks that you saw uh, him throw onto to Kirill Kaprizov last night. It, it's, I, it, it makes me want to like do something <laughs> just, like I'm on the couch at home and I'm like, well, what, what am I supposed to do? But it, it's so tough because he, he uh, there was one right before the end of regulation. He gets uh Caprizov right in the back, like right where the kidney would be. And mm-hmm. he goes down. Yeah. And, and I, honestly, after that, he looked not as good. And I mm. hope that was just like a soreness thing in the moment, because uh, the rest of the game, he did not have that same kind of pizzazz factor, especially even after the first one. He looked all right. But uh, but no, I'd, it, it, it's, it's frustrating too, because the refs look right at it, and I know the, the rule book seems to get a little thinner each round of the playoffs as we progress. But if you're looking directly at it, if it walks like a duck and it sounds like a duck, it's probably a duck. And if it looks like a penalty and it sounds like a penalty, it's probably a penalty. Go ahead and call it. So I, especially these superstars, if it's, if it's, if it's a fourth line guy, I mean, I understand maybe turning an eye and that sounds bad, but that's just, that's just what playoff hockey is. This is a bona fide superstar. You have to protect him. Mm-hmm. Same thing on the other side, Jason Robertson. He got a couple bad hits. Marcus Foligno threw a pretty late him hit on him right in front of the stars bench that I, was shocked did not get called you have to protect these these young superstars you don't want both of them getting hurt by game two and then you're playing a maybe three extra games in the series where it's just like you're the max matt zuccarello is your number one superstar now and yeah. it's like what do we do you have to you have to pr- protect these guys to an extent yeah no,
2: yeah, 100%. And so I don't know if they're just going to keep an eye on him the rest of the series or something. But yeah, it just, it just seemed like unfair. Because, like, yes, Kirill mildly got in the scrum with Domi after he went after Dumba, but that still was. That was just more Kirill protecting his guy. And if suits for whatever reason is deciding to like, oh, I'm going to go after you for that reason, I just don't think that's justified whatever. I think that's just kind of just the name of the game with kind of hockey. I think that's just defending your teammate. But anyway, well, you were going to say
0: Well, that is a that I know that's
2: th- like. Th- well, there's a
0: third there's a third man in rule where yeah. when people are engaged in a fight, Kirill could have gotten a penalty for that, that's but I true. think the reason why also Domi didn't get thrown out is because it wasn't technically a fight, so it wasn't a third man in situation. It was very it was very uh, it was a very weird sequence, but also cool. I think it's just a matter of like what we've seen um, like Winnipeg do the, the past couple of times mm. out where it's like, if you want to beat the wild, who's the guy you got to shut down first and foremost, it's Krill Kaprizov exactly. and whether that's if you can't defend him, what else are you going to do? You're going to try to make him play worse. And they were, uh, they were very, very physical with him last night and he's a physical specimen. Yes. So yes. I, I think he'll be fine and yep. he's going to keep playing even if he is injured, yeah. but he's so quickly removed from that pass injury late in the, uh, the regular season. Um, I don't want to see that anymore. So, For um, sure. yeah, I, they're going to have to maybe protect, uh, him a little bit more than I Wild know. are. So Ryan Reeves might be, uh, yeah, <laughs> hey, he, might, he might have to have a few conversations. Marcus Felino might have a few conversations, Ooh. but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, Wild, Hey, they're up one, they're up one zero. Yep. They got a huge win on the road. And I think that's the biggest thing. Cause if you got it, home if, ice back. Exactly. You know, you just, you, it's It's going to be a while, but if you can just win all your games at home, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. So, there you go.
2: Yeah. So the wild, Um. they'll play tomorrow. It uh, looks like they'll play at least three games in this series. They'll play through game four before we'll probably talk to you next on taxi squad. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a ton to ton more to recap. Obviously we're, super optimistic with how this has started. It's going to be a gritty series. Uh, Matt Dumba, just take it easy. Kirill Kaprizov, take it easy. But yeah, Marcus Foligno and Ryan Reeves, Mr. TNT as I like to call him and everybody else as well. Uh, They got your back. So don't worry about it. It's going to be a, it's going to be a crazy series. The only thing I'm worried about moving forward, Dallas's power play. That's my last thing. what they score like two goals in like, like less than 10 seconds. Just absolutely just crazy. I know the wild got a big power play stop Uh, Towards the end of the game so that was huge Uh, maybe balance things a little bit but still a little bit scared of that Dallas firepower and just you know we'll see how they retaliate to everything Um, but yeah we're really optimistic with the wild so um,
0: and really really quick uh, plug for any uh, hockey fans Mm -hmm. out there after each wild playoff game judge Zulgad uh, Declan Goff will be going live on the score north YouTube page for some uh, live Judds hockey show and wild event line uh, to either rejoice or renounce depending on uh, how the game goes. So that is live every night after the wild game, uh, immediately following the final whistle.
2: Even if it's like one in the morning, yeah, we'll still yeah, be there I mean, for they, you. Don't worry. They, I
0: think they wrapped up around like 2 a.m. last they, night they did this morning. They, the
2: they did. I was watching. Yep. And so. um, they're the burning the midnight oil, man. You got it. It's playoff hockey. You got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. See the wild.
1: Well, the wild are worth it. They are worth it because they came out and did the exact opposite of what the Minnesota <laughs> Wolves did. <laughs> they came out in Game One and made a statement. And the Wolves came out in K in Game One and laid a complete egg, getting blown out be by a statement thirty something points in this game right here in Game One against the the Denver Nuggets. Um, it was ugly from from almost start to finish. You know, a eight zero run to start the game, and then a big time run to in the first half, and it, that momentum kind of carried over into the second half of the Denver Nuggets. I have a lot to say about this game. Right? <laughs> I do. Um, but I won't overreact too much because it's game one of a seven-game series in the NBA, so I'll just, you know, try to keep my emotions pimped up just a little bit and save it for later in the series. But what are you guys' initial thoughts after watching the Timberwolves get absolutely, like, just dismantled but you, you on know the road against you, Denver? know I'm
2: you don't want to talk about the Thunder game, really quick? Don't want to uh, talk about
1: the last play uh, game? Of the I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we really came. I mean, well, I mean, if you, uh, if, see, if you want to see
2: if you want to see efficient Timberwolves basketball, you go watch the tape of that Thunder game. Yeah, honestly. The Laker game was awesome. That was stressful. That was one of the most roller coaster games of the season. Um, actually, that's the way I prefer the Wolves to lose. I prefer to lose them that way than just getting blown out like they did against Denver. But that Oklahoma City game was a great bounce back. Cat played good. Ant played solid. I mean, it, I mean, compared to how he did against the Lakers, I mean, anything that Ant did was going to look pretty good. But I mean, you absolutely blew them out. OKC went into a pretty hostile environment down new Orleans got the job done they had nothing to lose but I mean they kind of just proved that they're a young team still they got a lot of good young pieces I I think they have like 15 first round draft picks in the next five years because Sam Presti is just a draft pick hoarder He he, he just loves them and so they got a bright future but we kicked their butts up and down the court and and I think it made definitely Wolves fans get the sour taste of the Lakers game out of their mouth. They're like, "Okay, I mean, if that's the best we can play, let's take this into a playoff series. Let's take this to a Nuggets team that's been a little bit questionable the last couple of weeks. Hasn't been playing as great, and let's, you know, let's see what we can do." Uh, all right. Now we can talk about the Nuggets game. Uh yeah, I mean, it just Unless, unless you got something more to say about OKC, but it's just like, yeah, it's just two sides of of the same coin right heads and tails it it, it's 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 so strange because if this happened this has happened so many times in the season and we all thought like okay yeah the we'll have a better chance of like maybe having more playoff success than play in success we like them better in a series than just in a win or go home kind of scenario now they're here and now they got denver denver had a ton of rest man they almost had like a whole week off so maybe they were a little bit rusty no no, 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 no. They shot the roof off the building. They looked just fine. Even though, like, I mean, Jokic didn't even have a great game. He fouled out, man. I mean, but they, I mean, they were already up by a ton, so it didn't really matter. But, I mean, and, and he just didn't shoot great. I mean, Cat had a rough game. and started off, it looked like it was going to be, he was going to have a pretty good game. He got going in that second quarter, but then it just, it got away from the Wolves entirely. Um Kind of Kyle, Kyle Tiggy kind of just, you know, mentioned this when they were doing the Flagrant Howls um, after show, which by the way, they are also doing live shows after every Timberwolf playoff game as well. So if you want to check Kyle Tighe and Phil Mackey out on Flagrant House, please do on pretty much any platform that you uh, consume. Score North. Uh, he basically said, yeah, there's not a whole lot to really say about this game. You just got to like just turn the page and just move on and pretend it didn't happen. But like, I mean, y- y- you can't really do that. But in, in a, Because it's a blow. There's no heartbreak to that. It kind of just feels like it didn't even really happen. And you just hope for the best in game, too. I don't know. What were your overall thoughts
1: for game one of it of an NBA series? I'm happy that they lost the way they lost. Mm-hmm. I will be a little more concerned if it was a close game and they lost kind of last minute. And the reason really? why I say that is because when there when it's a close game, that means you came out with the right game plan. You did all the right things, right? But just you just couldn't close. And that's an issue that can reoccur, especially in the postseason. When you get blown out, there's so much to pull back from. Okay, there's a lot of adjustments that need to be made. Okay, there's a lot of things that went wrong. And it gives you more of a scope of an upside. We won't be that bad again. They shot, um, what was it, 30% from the three-point line. They shot... um. 37% from the field. That's not going to happen again. That, that's just no. not going to happen again. And you brought up the the Thunder game. They shot really well in the Thunder game. They shot really well in the Laker game. So I kind of feel like they came out They ran, ran up against a buzzsaw, honestly. Uh, they ran up against a buzzsaw, a, a very hungry and motivated Denver team that I still don't think is as great as we made them look um, in, in that game. But you know they ran up against a team that's that's hot or not hot, but they're motivated and they're ready to ball. to the number one seed. They feel like they've been disrespected, uh, disrespected rightfully so. And you know they came out to send a message. You know Kyle Anderson got in a little got in a little tussle with the with, with the Nuggets player. Forget who the player was, but you know got into a yeah. little altercation. And then you know Jamar Murray and still that really trash. And look at the scoreboard and all of that, and it's like, well, you know, you guys, you know, y'all got game one, but unfortunately for y'all the points don't carry over the game too it's going to be y'all up one zero like you supposed to be and it's going to be zero zero to start the game uh start game two and so at the end of the day you know again it gives you it gives you an upside to say okay they won't be that bad again because the wolves will not play that bad again if the denver nuggets beat the the minnesota uh wolves it won't be by 30 it's it's not going to happen like that again um I, I, I think my biggest issue with all of this, though, and I'm gonna say this, and I I alluded to it last week, and I'm gonna say it again today, and I'm I'm gonna double down on it today. Chris Finch is not the coach that's gonna get this team over the hump. It's not gonna happen. You could tell, like, like the team doesn't respond to him the way they need to respond to him, and you can see it. You can see it. Um. Again, he didn't really get into a, a situation where he could really do much situational coaching because they were getting blown out. But how could your team be so ill prepared for the for for a, a game one like that? That makes no sense. Anthony Edwards. Again, I, I don't know what's going on. I know he's dealing with some injuries. He's nicked up but six to 15 is not going to get it done. In order to beat the Denver Nuggets, who have multiple guys that can score in double figures, everybody in the starting lineup for the Denver Nuggets scored in double figures in this previous game. They're mm-hmm. going to put up points. You're going to need Anthony Edwards and Car Anthony Towns to be stars, especially without Jaden McDaniels. You're going to need those guys to be stars to have a shot to win this series. And if they're going to continue to play like that, this series is going to be over quick. I assume that they will be better. But man, I haven't seen Anthony Edwards have a big game, an explosive game, in a while. And there have been a lot of like playoff like games that's been happening, like between the playing tournament and now the first play uh, the first playoff game. Anthony Edwards just don't look right. He just does, he does not look right. And this is not the Anthony Edwards that we saw last year in the playing tournament and in game one of the playoffs. He was on a mission this year. It's like I think it has to have something to do with injury. It just it just has to. Again, I know he has a lot of yeah. issues going on right now um, on the injury side, but it's just it's 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 kind of as a fan <laughs> of the sport. If he's on the court, you want him to ball. Yeah. If he's gonna yeah, play, yeah. hope you know what I mean. Rudy Gobert, another guy dealing with injuries. Oh my gosh, he has a yeah. back injury, and you yeah. can tell. Mm-hmm. You can tell yeah. he he can't get to the he can't Joker, do the lobs. Yeah, the Joker, Joker, lobs aren't happening. They they made the joke that Joe, that, I forget, I think it was uh Kendrick Perkins made a joke a while ago that Joker can't jump onto a curb, like he has no hops whatsoever. <laughs> well, Rudy looks worse. Rudy couldn't oh. jump jump over a crack in mm-hmm. the, like in the sidewalk. This like like missing alley was getting hung. He's seven foot. He's seven foot, seven Damn. foot getting hung on lobs. Like it makes no sense. But again, again, mm-hmm. I say all I have to say, is it was game one. It was game one, and obviously. The Nuggets are at home. They're technically supposed to win their first their first two home games. The goal of every away team on the roll is, 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 is on the road is to still one on the road so you can have home court advantage when you go back to Minnesota. So mm-hmm. you lost a game, chalk it up. There's a lot to pull from, there's a lot to improve on. But it starts with coaching and it starts with your stars. Your stars got a hoop. They got a hoop. Or if they yeah. gonna get some, <laughs> they're gonna get smacked. Jamar Murray and Joker are going to do nothing but get better throughout this series and last thing i'll say quickly the loss of Jaden mcdaniels is going to kill them in this series
2: i don't know how we are going to guard michael porter jr
1: like because he michael right? porter yes because michael porter jr is a problem but not only him Jaden mcdaniels is a guy that can switch off and guard jamal murray too and so, you know, you have a guy like Torian Prince who could do a decent do- a, a decent job defensively. You have a guy in um, slow-mo who can also do a solid job defensively, but none of them are Jaden McDaniels. And so, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be an issue, and mm-hmm. so is Jamal Murray. And like you said, Joker didn't even really get it going. So, again, the stars have to be stars in this series.
2: And Jamal Murray is still trying to get into the swing of things, too. I mean, he still seems... Not necessarily too rusty, but just like he he definitely hasn't had the same explosiveness that we've seen with Jamal Murray. Although I don't know that three point shot was looking pretty pure in game one for him. So I wouldn't be terribly surprised if he just gets things going. Um, it, it's crazy how just like. Yeah, because we, we talk about the, with this conversation with Ant. Obviously, like. His performances so far in the playoffs have been pretty glaring. Yes, he was pretty decent in the OKC game. The Laker game was unacceptable and shooting six for 15 in game one against the Nuggets. That's unacceptable as well. But but it's just crazy how just even recently ago, like his last four regular season games, he dropped 37, 23, 33 and 26. So it's, it's, it's just crazy, like just how even just not even two weeks ago, I mean, he seemed to be exactly in the same kind of rhythm that we know Ant can absolutely be in. And obviously the playoffs are a different animal and things change. Um, I I gotta be honest too. Um, Yes. This gets brought up pretty much every time. Whenever ants talked about in the playoffs, it's his age. I hear people always saying that he's just a 21 year old and I totally get that. And that's fine. But this is still year three in the NBA and sure. Like, you know, there's, Plenty of stars that make awesome leaps in year three. I mean, I think Kevin Durant won a scoring title in his third year in the NBA, or his third year in the NBA. Um, Kobe became a full-time star in the Lakers and won a playoff series that year. LeBron uh, took the Cavs to the playoffs um, for the first time in his third year. So actually, Ant's probably done, you know, a lot that some of the biggest superstars in the NBA have, have ever done in their first three years. But I need to see just more consistency in these games. We, we've talked about it a ton where it's just, where is he? What is he doing? There's times where he gets into these iso ball situations and I respect the hell out of him for attacking the rim. Um, but there's just sometimes there's just some nights where it's not working. And maybe that's a symptom of having to play Anthony Davis recently. And also Nikola Jokic, that's still his biggest strength and you want him to do it. But there's just sometimes where I feel like he forces it now, he shouldn't just be relying on his jumper entirely because i admit like i've been seeing some weird fadeaway shots from him that just i don't know that just don't look like they're working out some kind of wild threes as well like they're set shots and everything like they're probably not the worst shots statistically to take but they do seem a little bit rushed and just like not really he doesn't seem really in control artist. i don't know he kind of seems like he's just running around kind of a little bit and i I don't know. The turnover seem a little bit noticeable too. I feel like his ball control just really isn't as honed in as it should be. And, and, and again, I'm kind of just getting a little bit tired of hearing just the age argument with him, him being 21. I mean, I, I don't really care what age you are. If you're in the third year in the NBA by now, I mean, I need to start seeing a relatively more consistent pattern in bigger games. Um, if we don't really start seeing this, Like, like even just shooting anywhere between 40 and 50% on a consistent basis every single night. Like, that's really honestly all I'm asking for. I just, I can't have these six for 15 performances anymore. Look, I might give him a pass through this series because you are playing standings wise an awesome team in Denver. You're the one seed. You're the eight. So like, yeah, I mean, you can't just completely like, you, you can't keep playing this way, but like. If this continues on, because I expect the Wolves to make the playoffs next year and we're still talking about this, then like ugh, it's the it's conversation I don't want to have. But it may like make me make me rethink just like what Anthony Edwards potentially even like long term, long term future is as like the main super duper star here in town. I'm still super. I, I still like him all on that train and everything. I'm still like riding that bus probably more so than most but it's just i'm getting i'm getting tired of having this conversation i
1: really am so he, that's just he, me he is young and he yeah. does have a lot to improve and a lot to grow on um as a young and up-and-coming player but the only pass i'm giving him is if there's legit injury issues right now which i sure. feel like it it almost has to be when you watch him play because yes. you're right he does it's something just off it just seems off it mm-hmm. has been off since the start of the playing tournament um that, and I will clarify,
2: only... like, if it is revealed that he has been dealing with a nagging injury throughout these playoff series, then I will I will totally recant pretty much everything I just said. Yeah, but, like, but it just, we, we, we don't know. We're still kind of in the dark. And right now we're but, just working with what we see on the court and the stats, you know?
1: But at the end of the day, too, like, if you're a star, depending on the injury, and I don't, again, we don't know what it is and we won't speculate what's really going on. But you also got to learn how to play well through injury as well. And so, especially now in the playoffs, at this time of the year, everybody's banged up. Everybody's dealing with some type of injury or some type of something. You know, if you're on the court, if you're healthy enough to be on the court, 6-15 to isn't going to cut it. The Denver Nuggets, if they beat the Wolves, are going to move on and play, I believe it's either the Suns or the Clippers. And depending on how the Wolves series ends, Minnesota Wolves fans are going to be extremely disappointed to see how the Nuggets look next round. because they are not a they are not a team that's going to win a championship they're just they're they're not yeah, that absolutely. team once it gets exposed what joker is defensively once their defense as a whole gets exposed you know they ain't there won't be they won't be this hot all the time in every playoff game and it'll be going up against stars whether it's Kawhi Leonard or even Russell Westbrook whether it's Devin Booker and um Chris Paul Kevin Durant They'll be going up against stars that are going to take it to them and not have many off days. They're not gonna have off days, and 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 the issue that I have with the Wolves is they have the stars to do the same thing that I can see the Clippers or the Suns doing. Car Anthony Towns and and Car Anthony Towns and Ant are two solid stars in the league if they both step into those roles and give you 25 to 30, if they can combine for 60 points in this playoff series, almost every game, or at least four times they can win this series because you have a supporting cast around you that can hit shots. Mike Conley can hit shots. Torian Prince can hit shots. You got guys that can make plays and score the basketball, but it starts with those guys. Contenery times we didn't say much about him, but he was abysmal on both sides of the ball too. And, Mm I mean, I think we're, we 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 didn't bring him up because we're so accustomed to seeing it's now almost with him. Like he's just yeah, so he's yeah, just it, it's, so. It's just,
2: still it still irks us to see these kind of performances from ants, but cat this is like par for
0: the course. This just, I mean? and They're
1: it, just like, oh yeah, cat sucked again. And I'm willing to bet he has a big game too. Like it's just yeah. he, he's so up and down. He's so up and down. I know, but again, they have the talent. They have, I think Phil actually tweeted this and it was posted on Twitter and everywhere. They have the talent to compete with almost anybody they really do they really do the problem is the immaturity the inconsistency not being there up top and coaching that's that's the issue and so i don't know i i i'm not saying the series is over like i said i'm saying i, I won't overreact the game one because it is game one and different came out they did what they were supposed to do they did yeah. what they were supposed to do you got your first win at home congratulations game two around the corner so we'll see I I if, if I was a betting man, I would say the Wolves find a way to bounce back and, and steal game two. Um, but you just after game one, you do kind of look at this series like, man, you the stars on this team for the Wolves, man, they they, they really gotta be better. They, you don't you don't expect much. It's great to get those huge games for Mike Conley yep. and Torian Prince and you know Rudy Gobert if his back is ever better, and you know, all the other role players on the roster. But like again, without the stars stepping up and being who they're supposed to be, they don't have a shot. They don't have a shot.
2: Yeah, and you're shorthanded as a roster. We mentioned the guys that we're missing. So Nas
1: every, Reed, can't forget about as him.
2: much as you need to rely on your stars in the playoffs, the Wolves are in a situation where they need to re- rely on them even more so than other teams because they are extremely shorthanded. The Clippers are in the situation also because Paul George is out now too, even though and that Kawhi, might
1: be an, and is, Kawhi. And Kawhi's out, there, out now David, too. Huh? Wait, is Kawhi out too? No, no, I was saying you brought up Kawhi. Kawhi has yeah. to play better now without Paul George. You know what exactly. he did? He went out there and gave him 38. Yeah. <laughs> that and is what he
2: needed. I mean Russell Westbrook is tussling with fans inside the tunnels at the fan.
1: Russ went play your game. Was, <laughs> Russ <laughs> went three of nineteen or somewhere around in there. Played great defense, all of that. Everything was cute. It was fine. But Kawhi Leonard was like, This is business as usual, and went for 38. That's that's what you need from Ant or Cat. Yep. Yeah. or both or that's both. Like, oh that's god what forbid
2: heaven forbid right <laughs> right, uh. right. Mike He's Conley, don't game. worry. Mike Conley going to put the team on his back. I've been preaching Mike Conley to the choir ever since he got traded here. That's worked out for me very well. I mean, he had an okay game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. Hey, yeah. Delo, Delo bounced back in game one for you guys too. That was good. He started very yeah. slow. He started yeah, very
1: slow. Yeah, but he got there. He got there. And I was, Eventually. I was, I was very nervous about him because again, last year he didn't look great against Memphis, so I was very nervous. Anyway. But surprisingly I don't mean- <laughs> he got it going surprisingly he got it going shout out to austin reeves who talked about him off air yes, shout sir. out to him you know <laughs> i i'm him i'm him That's shout out him. to him <laughs> i'll just when i'm so i can't
2: think of like austin reeves without thinking of just the photo of him and lebron of him just like having that deer in the headlights look as lebron's yeah. explaining something to him and you can just tell like just austin might be just in his own head just like Oh my god, the yeah. coaching me right now. Cause I think that that was like a couple of years ago too. Because yep. he's been around for he's been he's been on that Laker bench for a couple of years now. So yeah,
1: it's been he's I think it's been at least two years now.
2: It's pretty good. He's yeah. pretty darn good. So yeah, we'll see what happens with the Wolves. Um yeah, I mean you, you can't keep playing like that. But we we expect a better performance, obviously, in game two. Uh, will, even if they lose, I think it'll be a much closer game for sure. Even though, be yes, we have criticisms of Finch. I still think he he's capable of making adjustments. Of course, but like, I mean, I think it honestly, Rudy's back. I think is just like the big thing more than anything. Like that's just Again, hey,
1: yeah. coaching adjustment. Sit him down, then. <laughs>
2: Look, but then we're going to play Nathan Knight. You're going to throw Nathan Knight back out there. I mean, that can't, I mean, that at can't this happen point, again, man.
1: I'm sorry. At this point, <laughs> if 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 he's out there playing the way he was playing, I mean, he had the lowest plus minus, I believe, on the team. He was a negative 28. Yeah. Like, that. yeah, he was he he got rebounds. But like, yo, yo, wow. I would just I would if, if he continues so. to play like that, you sit him down and you tell the rest of the team we have to. Everybody has to be going for rebounds. Guards included. Yes, sir. We got to help out on the boards.
2: So looks like next time we'll talk to you on Taxi Squad. uh, It'll be through Game Four. So hopefully this uh, series will still be going by then. I anticipate it will be. I think the it won't get get swept. I think Denver is not good enough to sweep. No, no, no. No, No, I think it can get to six. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: There's one thing that I want to see though, and I think Artis said this now, like probably 20 minutes ago, and I it's right on the head. They lost about as bad as they could, and the good thing is. They could have lost by seventy. That it's only one game. It's only one game. But what I want to see, I don't want to see these. I don't want to see an eccentric outfit. I don't want to see this like cat walking in a big. Like, you know what? You know what time it is? Yeah. You know, no, you know what time it is? It's time for you to focus up. None of these shenanigans. I don't want to see anything that's going to be used as a meme three hours later because I already got that tweet bookmarked for, for, for something down the future. <laughs> I don't want to see any emotion. And when a reporter stops you in the hallway, hey, Kat, um, what what can we expect from you guys tonight? We're going to play better basketball. Then you walk away, you go into the locker room, you come out, and you dominate. I don't want any of the, like, that, this, it's the one thing I think that has surrounded, especially Kat, but this team at times is like, just so unserious. So unserious. That's what separates the Wolves from some of these other teams. And granted, the Wolves don't have as much playoff experience. Um, as a whole, than some of these other teams do. The nuggets, I mean they, what they they're like essentially the wild right now in in, in the in, in essentially in basketball. They just can't get past the first round. They can't do like a, a long extended run. The wolves are able to bounce back here and if they can really get a foothold on this team, especially get a win on the road, that changes the series entirely. Nobody cares about a 29-point loss in game one. If you can even the series coming back to yeah. the target center in the driver's seat, momentum at your back. Mm-hmm. It starts, though, when you step foot into the arena. You have to be focused. You, ha- I don't want to see a corny, uh, a, like, I don't want to see anything corny. That's the biggest thing. And as, as, as dumb as that sounds coming from me, I know I know how dumb that sounds. It starts it starts when they put their foot on the gas to leave the driveway. When they leave the hotel, that's when it starts. If you come in here thinking like I have to put on a show for the reporters, that's the wrong show. It should be the show that you put on on the court. Win a game and then if you and then if you want to get corny afterwards, I understand. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you Not have on game day. But you have <laughs> Up till tip off, I need you focused, <laughs> locked in, be this like be a, be a basketball robot. I don't want to see any emotion other than we're killing the Nuggets tonight. <laughs> That's what I want to see.
2: Uh if Chris Finch gets fired, AJ, do you want to coach the Timberwolves? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh you my spit god, up your drink Oh my god. That was passionate. Can you, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I'm, uh, I'm
2: fired up, I, man! I I'll, want to go to the YMCA and go I'll, like take I'll, on some forty year olds right now.
0: I'll take a sti- I'll take a stipend as like a like a uh, motivational enthusiast <laughs> guy, like you
2: motivational speaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we you know, can bring, bring you in.
0: Just get me in the locker room just to like smack these guys around a little bit and get them focused <laughs> up, not physically, you know what I mean? Well, but like, well maybe, but well, like get know. in their face and be like, "What is?" I'm gonna give them a little. You think you think you think that that vest you have on is cute? You think that vest? <laughs> no, uh, that ain't cute. I've seen you at the free throw line. You ain't cute. <laughs> no, yeah. <that, laughs> like, Button up your shirt, while, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, no, exactly. But that, but it it really starts with like how you present yourself coming in, and I try, I do love the fashion, and I I think I think that's something that the NBA does so much better than the NHL, who's gotten a lot lighter on it recently in terms of like the strictness. It was usually like you have to wear a suit, and it has to be black or navy. Like I love the, but. The Wolves are not a team that can dress in a teddy bear outfit right now. They right. they I like they're, they're honestly they they should have a rule that doesn't get leaked just like you're showing up in a black suit, red tie or blue tie and then if you have to earn a wacky outfit. You have to earn the right yeah. to dress how you want. You
2: have to earn wacky tacky tie day exactly. Yeah, so, casual but no, Friday. I'm, I'm,
0: I really for the say for the sake of Timberwolves fans because honestly they deserve so much better than a twenty nine point loss to the Nuggets. <laughs> you deserve so much better than that, Wolves fans. Like you do, don't give them any pass whatsoever. So you know. I don't
2: know, man. I think you've been paying too much attention to hockey. I think basketball might be your true uh, passion here, AJ. I don't know. At least coaching it. Seriously, I don't know. Get, I, get this man a
0: clipboard. I don't what's, know. Let's uh, drop some plays. What's the Seriously. Phil Jackson? The, we'll run the triangle.
2: Yes. <laughs> right, yeah. Yes. Run a yes. triangle. <laughs> exactly. Dang. I'm, uh, I'm pumped up. I want game two to happen right now. Gosh, darn. Uh, But we do have to move on with a little bit of the conversation because there's a little bit of Vikings news uh, to talk about. Um, Jeremy Fowler, uh, typically a very busy man in his own right working for ESPN, but he's been kind of a main guy that's been dropping a lot of Vikings nuggets recently, too. Um, The big ones this week were actually about two of some of the Vikings' most prominent players on offense and defense. We've been wondering about this guy pretty much the whole time, guys, since the season ended. We have a little bit of news on Dalvin Cook. Um, The reports are that um, all options are still pretty much on the table with him. He could be traded. Um, but he also could be cut, and uh, in a case scenario where he could be cut, that might be something that happens right here before the draft. Uh, the other situation, Jeremy Fowler reported, too, is that uh, Daniil Hunter is holding out from these voluntary uh, workout uh, things that are going on right now for the Vikings. And, you know, I don't think everybody is there anyway, but still, when a guy that's in a, maybe a contract dispute, it's definitely worth noting. So I don't know, guys. Could we be potentially seeing the end of Dalvin Cook and Daniil Hunter in a Vikings uniform if things don't get figured out here in the next – I don't know, a couple days to a week.
0: I think it's, Cook's uh, gone, right? I, th- I, I think, mean, I think Cook's gone. Um, yeah. And and honestly, the as much as I love him in in purple, like it, you're not paying him that much money. There's a quote. Quaysey um, was asked about it, and it was like, "Hey, you know, you it, it, is Dalvin Cook gonna be here? He's under contract for three more seasons. All that stuff. Blah blah blah." Quasi was like, "Yeah, well, you know, we're trying to work through stuff that we can't." He he essentially. He very professionally dodged the question and implied like we're probably not paying him as much money as he thinks we're going to. So um I I do think they've probably overplayed their hand with the trying to trade him. I think it's gonna result in him just getting cut, unless it's like he's thrown in with like some wacky deal at the at the draft where he essentially gets moved for the equivalent of like a sixth or seventh round pick at best. But, no, I, I don't expect him um, a part of the Vikings roster week one of next season. Is in it, it, like? Thank you for the memories. <laughs> I appreciate everything you've done for us. Um, it would have been nice to see some complete seasons rather than, like, 14, 15-game performances at times. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a running back. He's a running back. And, unfortunately, running backs just don't have the longevity that you'd like. And I think that Alexander Madison is going to be – boys to step up and they do have some guys waiting in the wings who can probably step up and not replicate who he is because they're, you know, in a lot of Dalvin cook at his best in his prime. It's a he's hard, a guy to, it's, yeah. it's hard to match. He's quick. He hits holes. He's he's, he's a decent pass catcher. He, he can extend plays, but the issue is that's not what we saw last season. He's not worth the amount of money that he, uh, the Vikings have him put pen to paper on. So um, they want out. And I, you know, <laughs> As much as as much as I feel like I'm dumb and don't understand how contracts and salary caps work sometimes, I know they're gonna get away, they're gonna find a way out of it and just be like, sorry, dude. We're like I he he's a ring of honor guy for sure. As soon as as soon as he retires, I think they're getting him back in the facility. They're getting him in the ring of honor. You know, Dalvin Cook, great running back for the Minnesota Vikings, but I think uh, the torch has been and will be officially passed to Alexander Madison to be the new the new feature back for the Vikings week one.
1: Yeah, I I literally ditto. Like, I feel the same exact way. You guys know how I feel about uh, the new RB1, Alexander Madison. You guys know how I feel about it, man. The best backup in the league. I think he's going to take a step this upcoming year, you know, being RB1 on the roster. And I want to say, you know, as far as Dalvin Cook is, is concerned, you know, letting go of him isn't that big of a deal when you think about this year's draft. Like, this year's draft. It's full of running backs that can step in and be very, very productive, you know, in the Minnesota Vikings offense. If that's the route you want to go, you can go pick up um, a running back in the draft later on in in, in the drafts, and so or later in rounds, I would say. So, you know, I don't, I, I just don't think at this point, like you guys said, is it, is is he's not worth keeping at this point. Again, thank you for the memories, um, but it's unfortunately time to move on. Um, Daniil Hunter, though, hmm. I. So this is a guy who is a veteran on this roster. This is a guy who had 10 and a half sacks this past season. I know he's had his injury issues here and there throughout his career. I'm finding a way to bring him back. I'm finding a way to... I, I, as long as it's not crazy money, crazy. What's I'm crazy money? <laughs> What'd you say? What's crazy money? Jalen Hurts money?
2: About, That's crazy money, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, yeah You guys got a yeah. good deal on that, by the way. The Jalen Hurts deal. Oh well, oh, well done. Well uh, done. He, he has less, call. isn't it like less like overall cap hit to the cap than like Daniel Jones yeah. every year or something? Oh, my God. Yes.
1: I mean, <laughs> Howie Roseman is just, wow. He's a, he's a wizard, man. He's a wizard, man. I love Howie Roseman. I, to go off right. I love Howie Roseman. And shout out to Hertz for getting that extension. He deserved it, you know. But, I, again, this is not the Eagles podcast. We're talking about the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, but that definitely made me extremely happy. Like, no Lamar Jackson, like situation, no, oh, no, you know, Kirk Cousins, similar situation. it's the contract just no, nope, sit down, let's get this figured out. And you got the deal <laughs> done before Burrow and before um Lamar, before Herbert. So, you know, those guys probably get paid a little more. So, hey, uh, Howie Roseman, my man, we're happy but, for you. I actually, yeah. I actually did
2: say I did see an article on Bleacher Report. And Bleacher Report, take it for what you want. Uh, that the Eagles might be one of the potential landing spots if Dalvin Cook were to be cut by the Minnesota Vikings. Now, nah, I mean, I know like I've seen a lot of B. John Robinson mock drafts to you guys, so I think you guys would probably rather have him than otherwise. But I've also seen the Cowboys. You know that team with the star on the helmet that you don't like, artists. Uh, I've seen them like being a potential destination as well. Um, but I- I'm with you though. I want to stick with Daniil Hunter. Uh, I want him to stay on this team. It is crazy that he is only set to make $4.9 million next yeah. season. That contract that he signed back in 2018 was, I believe, for five years, $72 million. And at the time, it was coming off one Pro Bowl selection. And, like, you know, if you were to, to take that at face value, that was a pretty, you know, it's not the worst deal anybody's taken. But the thing is, at the time, and remember, everybody's talking about it, was just a lot of people saw, like, a ton of potential in Daniel Hunter, and so a lot of individuals thought that that was a pretty much a steal for the Vikings, and it, I mean, the fact that, like I said, he's only making $4.9 million this year, it's turned out to be the case. Um, he proved that he could be healthy all last season. Sure, we didn't see the same statistical output that we've liked to see from Daniel Hunter in the past, but considering that he missed so much time the previous two seasons, like, my main goal with him was just still put up good, decent numbers, get good PFF scores and stay healthy. He was able to accomplish that. Now this next season, I want to see if we can turn Daniel loose, especially with a whole new system. Brian Flores coming in. I know that he's going to want to get him going for sure. Um, I've seen projections where Daniel could maybe even get upwards of 90 million, maybe like 50-some guaranteed over like four or five years. I mean, yeah, I mean, that might be the market for him. I mean... A defensive end still in his prime, man. I mean, I know the injury history has to be taken into account. You know teams are, but I mean, not a lot of guys can end up on the market like that. So I I hope it gets resolved because I know this defense was so bad last year and we've been fine with seeing some of the pieces move on uh, like Eric Hendricks and other guys like that. So it's just, yeah, this is definitely not a guy that I ever wanted the Vikings to move on from in this off season um and i hope they can resolve easier. this yeah and you know what these are voluntary camps these players miss these all the time even if they don't have contract disputes but although but it is newsworthy when a player does miss it because obviously those reporters are always going to ask okay how come so-and-so is isn't here and obviously i it's it's led to neil just maybe having an issue with his contract um but yeah at the same time i mean it just it Unfortunately, him and his agency back then kind of set it up this way, and he didn't—he didn't really get a fair deal in my end. He may have at the very day he signed it, but long term, uh, he probably—he's sh- definitely probably should have been paid more over long term. So hopefully, um, the Vikings can figure that out. With Alvin Cook, though, my last final thoughts on that before we probably have to start wrapping things up here on Taxi Squad—you can't pay him ten mil a year. Y- y- you just can't Heck pay you know. him ten mil. You just can't. And even though, yeah, I mean, I could still, I, I would still totally be fine with having a backfield of Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison next season. The money's just got to work. And also the attitude's got to work. Like, Dalvin wants to go start somewhere. And I don't know how his feelings are seeing Madison get all this money, even though, like, I'm sure those two have been buds and there's been no indication that they've ever had any relationship issues. I think they're really good teammates for each other. But it's just, this has been building for a while now. And unfortunately, I mean, I just, don't, I don't know how the Vikings are going to get a trade at this point. There, there was some optimism, like maybe a month or two ago that maybe, maybe you could get like a third or fourth round pick for him. Maybe you could convince Buffalo to do something like that. Cause they might be the most running back needy team in all of football. That is in a competitive state right now. Maybe, but when a report comes out like this, that like, yeah, we might just have to cut him before the draft. Well, who's going to trade for him now? You're right. not going to get anything. I mean, you might get like a fifth, a, pick, a fifth round pick or a sixth round pick. So I I don't like that. I mean, again, the Vikings may have just explored all of their options and it just hasn't worked out. And so this is what you have to do. It just does. It does sting because I still know there is something left in the tank with Dalvin. There, I, there's there's still a little bit of explosiveness there. Yes, he doesn't stay healthy for complete seasons, but he's been decent lately about actually staying healthy for the majority of seasons. So... um. Yeah, and I mean, it, it does beg the question, is Alexander Madison ready to be RB1? Obviously, I mean, talking to you two guys, there's no there's no doubt whatsoever. Absolutely no doubt whatsoever. But, I mean, and you know what? I mean, yeah, whenever Dalvin Cook was ever injured, like Alexander Madison thrust into that role, he did really well. Honestly, he was like a top 10 fantasy running back every single week. So, he's capable. Um but, yeah, just it's it's just still always stings to, like, maybe have to let go of a player that's still got a little bit left in the tank and could still be valuable to this offense next season, especially how we've been emphasizing, like, it seems like run blocking this season by getting guys like Josh Oliver, pay, paying a lot of money for a guy like that. So, but like you said, artists might be some guys in the draft might be work, uh, worth looking at. Maybe Bijan Robinson might be an option at 23 for the Vikings. And it's not really something I've seen mocked too much because I think the Vikings just have way more pressing needs than trying to go after a running back early in the first couple of rounds. I just don't think that's really, especially with Madison resigned. I just don't think that that's really an option, but uh, they probably do have to draft a running back for sure. You're getting rid of Dalvin Cook. Ty Chandler still in that backfield. I think we still like the potential of him. Maybe he's got to stay healthy, though. But, yeah, it's, um yeah, au revoir. Dalvin Cook, arguably the second-best running back in Minnesota Vikings history. Obviously, Adrian Peterson holds that mantle, no doubt. Uh, Yeah, possibly a Ring of Honor guy, too, probably on the same level of, like, Robert Smith. I think him and Dalvin Cook are probably, like, head-to-head right there. But, yeah, I think the end is near uh, for Dalvin, but I do not want it to be the case with Daniil. I want them to figure out this contract situation for sure
1: we agree we agree <laughs> <Yeah>. any last <laughs> words from the crew before we end today's show
0: let's get some minnesota sports playoff dubs here i want to see both teams <laughs> in round two yeah
2: seriously why not why not i mean denver looks shaky they have looked shaky but then again we look pretty shaky too so let's just see the stars let's see the stars shine that's what we want more than anything and we just want them to sign a shine consistently as
1: well my right. two bold predictions before we end today's show is the Timberwolves and Denver Nuggets series will be tied 2-2 the next time we come to record. Love it. That's one. I love two, that. <laughs> Alexander Madison. If he's RB1 and it is official, I think he'll at least be a 1,000-yard back, if not an 1,100-yard back. That's, that's what mm-hmm. I believe. First year. That's my stance. But – Thank you all for tuning in to Taxi Squad this week. If you vibe with us, if you like listening to us, if you really say hey, we I really like these guys. They they're pretty good. Go on the Squared North website under podcast, give Taxi Squad the most recent episode a download cuz that helps a lot. If you're like, "Uh, they're okay." Uh, they're uh, uh, decent, I guess. I or whatever platform you're listening to this on, just give us a five-star rating and we'll we'll accept that. We'll accept that.
0: <laughs> for now,
1: artist woods with AJ Pregnison and Jason Stormer. We are signing off. Catch you guys on the next episode of the Taxi Squad.